Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin. Throughout the stars did we go wandering Distance was no barrier And time it had no hope Free to come And free to go Free to come And free Hello, everyone, and welcome to Karmic Evolutions, Astrologically Speaking. I'm your host, Sherry Horn Hassan of Karmic Evolution Astrology, and I'm coming to you on February 11th, 2021 from Contact Talk Radio. Just a quick reminder that this show aims to bring you the truth about astrology and your soul's karmic evolution. Today, I'm pleased to announce that my guest is once again professional astrologer Joseph Adeo, who I will, of course, be introducing properly in just a few minutes. But first, my usual boring housekeeping stuff which is just to remind you that you can find all my posts on my Karmic Evolution page, which is called Karmic Evolution for Your Soul, and that you can join my mailing list if you prefer to read my posts as newsletters. My newsletter is called Conversations About Consciousness, and uh, if you'd like to um, be put on the email distribution list, simply scroll down the left-hand side on the Facebook page, and hit uh, join email list and fill that out, or you can send me an email at sherry, S-H-E-R-I, at karmicevolution.com, and I'll get you signed on. Finally, if you've missed any shows or want to re-listen to one, just go to my website at karmicevolution.com, click on radio show on the upper right-hand corner of the banner, scroll down the page, and you'll have easy access to all of the past recordings from, um, from this show. And uh, finally, finally, um, if you're interested in taking advantage of my discounted one-hour $99 Karmic Evolution Natal Insight reading, shoot me an email at sherry, again, S-H-E-R-I, at karmicevolution.com, and I can get you scheduled. But the purpose of this reading is to look at the energies into which your soul chose to be born to discover how you've manifested those energies, th these energies thus far in this lifetime, where these energies might have derived from in terms of past life karma and or early life um, incidents, happenings, relationships, etc., and to use this knowledge to understand how you may change your perceptions about these energies and manifest them in a different way 
<laughs> excuse me, as you look, move towards discovering your true purpose in this lifetime and how to get there, meaning, you know, moving from chaos to clarity and to co-create your own future through astrological insight. So if you're interested in this, shoot me an email and we will set you up. I'll send you a PayPal invoice and we'll set you up. I know a lot of people have taken advantage of this. They've all spoken positively about it. And so, um, you know, please do hit me up because I would love to, um, to do my thing, my astrological thing. So I'm going to um, launch now into this week's astro news you can use. Um, I have asked Joseph if he would take the time to go through the houses in the charts and delineate at least briefly how Mercury retrograde and the conglomeration of all this Aquarius energy, which may be in one house for some of us or span two houses for others, is potentially likely to affect us. So I want to be as brief as possible, but I also want to say that um, I did. I just got my Aquarius new moon um, post out this morning. So you can look for it, but I'm going to be a little repetitive to it and just give you a quick rundown of how I think these energies, what they mean at this Aquarius new moon and how um, we can perceive them and use them to better our futures. So the first thing is that when this Aquarius new moon occurs and it's occurring like, like right now, it's actually occurring at 11.06 a.m. Pacific time. I see by my computer it's 2 and, and 2.06 Eastern time, 2.06 p.m. It's 2.05 right now. So this, this new moon is like seconds away from happening. So I don't know. That excites me. I don't know if it excites you, but it's like, whoa. Um, so it occurs at 23 degrees, 17 minutes of Aquarius. And because the Aquarius sun and moon come together, they also affirm right now their solidarity with Mercury retrograde, Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn, who are all in this humanitarian progressive change-oriented sign. Now, we all know that new moons are planting times, right? Seed planting times. And of course, this one is no different. So let's look a little bit at what the Aquarian archetype is and you know, be mindful that it's particularly prevalent, this energy in the heavens right now. Um, because of all this other, these other planets in there. The only one that lags behind is Pluto, who is going to remain in Capricorn for quite a while, another year at least, before he dips his toe into Aquarius. So he's kind of like still, you know, um, adhering to the Saturnian principles, which I'm going to touch on briefly in a moment. But the Aquarius archetype seeks freedom. And specifically, it's the freedom to achieve becoming who and what each of our souls actually incarnated here for us to be. Now, we're all born into this lifetime as part of a family, a clan, a tribe, a neighborhood, a community, a society, and of course, into the wider world of humanity itself. So, you know, we have little choice when young but to accept without question our roles within the larger context of our group environments and whether we felt loved by these groups, shunned by them, or anything in between really has to do with our own energies and, and how we manifested them from the time we incarnated and theoretically 
what we carried over in terms of those themes from past life karma. So the Aquarius archetype, which is often associated with rebellion, um, actually is rebellion against these, I'm going to call them karmically assigned group associations, because again, when we feel that we need our friends, when we feel drawn to groups, when we've, we've always been that way, we've grown up that way, and, and you know, lack more of the ability to um, want to go it alone, and this is not a judgmental statement, it's just, you know, part and parcel of this energy, that we may, in fact, not be able to recognize who we truly are as individuals deep down inside. So breaking away from groups can be very difficult for some of us. And that's because we have a to, you know, to, to, to groups to make them comfortable. Now, um, the breaking away from groups is, you know, or this process of separating, and we all go through this with the stages of Uranus, which is the modern rule of Aquarius, um, when we get to the fictional aspects of Uranus, when Uranus itself, you know, um, then we break away from the family usually, we're in college, you know, we may move away, you know, gain new relationships, and not want to stay part of the the clan, you know, or the neighborhood where we where we sprang from. So, that's known as the process of individuation. And it, individuation becomes necessary at various stages of our development. For example, again, when Uranus opposes Uranus in our natal charts, this is the classic midlife conflict, you know, midlife crisis, right? Because, you know, we're, we're tasked with whether we want to stay or break away. Is this the right person I'm with? Is this the right group I'm with? Is this where I want to be, et cetera, et cetera. So as we age and mature, we're tasked with learning how to think for ourselves without relying on others' approval or acceptance. And in this way, we grow in consciousness about our soul's true mission in this lifetime. Now, for some of us, the Aquarian archetypal mission lies with its goal to free us from groupthink and to encourage instead our ability to think critically or to become independent thinkers. And for others of us who were more alienated from groups to begin with, this energy serves to help us find connection with those who not only accept us, but also value us for who and what we truly are. So again, the Aquarius new moon is representative of the sign of individuation. And what it asks us to do right now is to plant seeds that free us to think twice about continuing to be defined solely and rigidly by where we came from, who we associated with, and what they taught, told, convinced, or forced us to believe is true or the truth. Now, and I happen to have two clients in the last two weeks or so that are breaking away from family. One is contemplating it, she's older, and it's, I have finally had the last straw. The family has certain concepts and beliefs that she can really no longer adhere to. And another is younger and just made a break from family that has, you know, became ever, ever more restrictive till it got to the point where it was like, no, I need to do my own thing. So I got to leave to do that. Um, but the process of individuation usually takes guts. And um, one of the things that I just wrote about, which you'll see if you look it up, is that, you know, the Aquarius new moon is going to ask us or is asking us right now as we speak <laughs> to, 
to stop and think about whether we're too closely aligned with the beliefs and philosophies of others, including friends, families, those in the neighborhood, our, our local communities or our wider communities or our group associations, or whether we, we reject such groups out of hand based on negative past experiences of their having rejected us first. Now, what comes to mind with that is, you know, there are a multitude of us that, you know, were not the cool kids in junior high or high school when it was just ever so important to be a cool kid so that, you know, we had a sense of self-esteem, right? And so we may have what I call knee-jerk reactions, which is sometimes part of the Iranian experience, which is to reject out of hand any, as Groucho Marx would say, any group that would have us as members. So the questions that we might ask ourselves now, I think, um, revolve around the following. Am I really free to think and do as I please? And if not, why? How do I gather the courage to break away from a group whose beliefs or perhaps ultimate mission are not in true alignment with my own? And, you know, sometimes groups ultimate mission changes from the time you join them till, you know, to the present. And what kind of bravery do I need to develop to be able to trust that if I join with like-minded others, they will support me rather than pressure me to agree with them 100% on everything. So I think, I believe pondering these questions can go a long way toward helping each of us answer whether we truly feel free or not in our lives, because a large portion of um, Aquarian energy, like what we're experiencing right now, is, like I said, breaking away from situations, people, groups, etc., friends, that don't allow us to be, you know, our unique individual selves. So, um, and many of you may know this already, so I'll just briefly outline it. One of the things that I wrote about, which I just thought, I got kind of stuck in this idea about the collective, right, and how Aquarius energy um, really poses the question for us, and this is in part because we're here in the States, at least in the middle of an impeachment trial, um, that whether we owe allegiance to our own independence or whether we have responsibility to the collective, right? So, um, you know, I, I went into talking about the discovery of Uranus, which is, of course, the modern planetary ruler of Aquarius. Saturn is the traditional ruler was discovered in 1781, which happens to be between the American and French revolutions. And during what's now known as the Age of Enlightenment, which is also known as the Age of Reason. So the word reason became very important and very much aligned with the archetypal, zodiacal um, meaning of Aquarius and of Uranus in general. So, you know, until then, until that period in history, the planet Uranus, the planet, I'm sorry, farthest from, from Earth that we could see by eye was Saturn. And so Saturn became known as the boundary keeper. And therefore, the discovery of Uranus, which was, you know, again, at the same time as the French and American revolutions, and those revolutions gave rise to what is in 
in America anyway, our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. So there's a direct correlation here. But um, the, the discovery of Uranus, I guess on a more metaphorical level, marked a time of scientific advancement when, which indicated that science could prove the existence of something that we were actually unable to see on our own, right? So there's an irony here because it, it marks the beginning of empirical proof, right? So we have to reason in order to get empirical proof. But on the other hand, we can, we can surmise or intuit that there's more out there than what we actually originally thought there might be, right? So it extended, the discovery of Uranus extended boundaries past Saturn and essentially helped prove from the century before Galileo's and then the current centuries uh, in the 1700s, uh, Copernicus's or late 1600s, Copernicus's progressive hypotheses that there's more out there, as I said, than meets the eye. So, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to um, recognize that this is also an energy of intuition and that with Aquarian energy, what happens is the idea arrives fully blown in the mind's eye. And I know I've said this before, but probably not, not for quite some time. And so when the idea arises in the mind's eye, the problem is actually manifesting it concretely to make something out of it. Um, it's not a fantasy exactly as in Neptunian Piscean energy, which is more about longing for what we want to be. It's just kind of like we can see it. Now we have to develop the tools to figure out how to make it happen. So in that sense, it's a revolutionary sign as well. But, you know, one of the things to be aware of, and again, we now have a trial going on to impeach a president for the second time, for the first time in history, which is a fairly revolutionary concept. <laughs> um, and one of the reasons he didn't get impeached the first time is because there were many who were unwilling to think in terms of the future or to define themselves as revolutionary rather than Saturnian, which is about staying with the old past and the tradition and this is the way it's done. So how do we know that revolution is occurring within? Well, we see it all around us. So we see it in this trial, we see it in the international news, national news, local politics, union labor strikes, court cases involving religious freedom, labor, union labor strikes, uh, I'm sorry, I said that already. Economic and financial policies. Oh, it's so revolutionary to give everybody fourteen hundred dollars. It's 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 going to bankrupt us. Oh no, you know. So the fear mongers are battling with the progressives, um, and even the centrists have become more progressive. So we see this widening um, battle between Saturn and Uranus, which is coming up, and at this new moon, we also recognize that this energy is waxing because Saturn in Aquarius is squaring Uranus and Taurus. So we want to know whether or not, you know, things are going to stay the same or whether they're going to change. And, um, you know, I think this is what I, I wrote in my, in my post. So um, Saturn which marked the boundary of the old universe doesn't like change. 
He likes status quo, tradition, and prefers to stick with the traditional way of thinking and perceiving and looking back instead of forward. He's an earthbound energy whose relationship of, uh, to Capricorn, because Saturn rules Capricorn, in addition to being the traditional ruler of Aquarius, and Capricorn's the, the goat who, though he originally emerged from the sea, climbs successfully to the top of the mountain, but never actually leaves the earth. He never leaves terra firma. So in the context of this upcoming year-long set of squares of Saturn to Uranus, the first one of which will perfect on February 17th, the second on June 19th, and the third on December 24th, we have um, you know, the fact that Saturn is the rock-solid foundational source of the group it's the glue that binds it together. It keeps it steady and unwavering, but prefers not to explore uncharted territory. Doesn't want to leave the earth. This tells us we all have areas of resistance to changing our own lives, whether we recognize us or not. So Uranus, though, is all about expanding boundaries through exploring new possibilities. And Uranus, during this square, it's like Saturn and Uranus might be having this dialogue. Uranus says, hey, is it reasonable for everything to stay the same forever? I mean, don't you think it'll be like super boring, you know, in like a thousand years or I don't know, even a hundred years or damn, even 10 years. Do you really want to stay the same forever? And, you know, the pressure begins to build now. Uranus has been in Taurus since 2018. He continues to be in that sign, transiting that sign until 2025 and so making um changes to our fundamental set of values uranus and taurus reminds now saturn as saturn begins to square him in aquarius reminds saturn of the universal principle that the only constant is change but saturn is saturn earthbound leaden feet and all so most likely he'll vehemently disagree noting that the status quo was good enough for his father and his father's father and his father's father's father before him. So run along with your nouveau, pie in the sky, unrealistic ideas. Thank you very much. But ignoring the need for change. And again, this is the beginning of with the new moon in Aquarius, planting the seeds that say, where can I change? Where do I need to change? Where do I need to break free? This doesn't mean we need to run away from home. It doesn't mean we need to ditch our partner. You know, it doesn't mean we need to spell, spend all our money because we know someday we're going to die. It means that we want to look at where in our lives we've resisted change because wherever we have resisted change, change is going to occur. That's sort of the Iranian rule. The more stagnant our life has become, the more resistant we are to contemplating doing things differently, no matter what those quote unquote things are, um, we will often experience unexpected, surprising, and again, often shocking circumstances. Now, um, what's going on also at this new moon is that Mercury's retrograde, and he's going to conjoin with Venus in Aquarius, and um, that happens on February 12th, which is tomorrow, and Mars then sextiles Neptune in Pisces on the 13th, and then finally on the 14th, Mercury will also um, conjoin with Jupiter. 
in Aquarius. So altogether here, what we're looking at is Mercury's retrograde asking us to review, to rethink, to reanalyze, all right, to just take a look at stuff where um, we might have skipped a few steps or, you know, it's actually a, a, a pretty wonderful period because, you know, it slows us down. And I've said this before, so I'm not going to reiterate it in detail, but our left brain gets suspended, our right brain comes to the forefront. And given the fact that Uranus is the archetypal energy of that aha moment, that, that a priori, the vision arrives fully blown in the mind's eye, this is a time when we can look back and um, we, well, we can either have those kinds of revelations, new ones, while Mercury's retrograde, or we can review the revelations we've already had, all right? And whether the end result is positive or negative about whether we abandon them or continue with them, it's usually a review process that can allow us to decide. So um, Venus, Mercury conjoining Venus asks us to take a look at where our previous set of values may no longer be appropriate to the times. And that's especially, you know, against the backdrop of the larger Saturn square Uranus that's that's still waxing into fruition. And Mars sextile Neptune provides us opportunities to go deep within and to contemplate where our current course of action may not serve us and that changing direction now may prove more beneficial in the long run. And that's because Mars is the ego and Neptune is ego-less. So we're, we're being asked to look at our old set of values and to see where they might have too much ego in them and how we might take a more honest look at where we may have been driven previously by our ego rather than our actual soul and our soul's true mission and our soul's desire. So as usual, whenever we have transits to, to Neptune, I recommend meditation, prayer, chanting, engaging in things like stream of consciousness, writing, or any other activity that allows us to connect with the divine realm and in doing so be able to hear the voice of our soul's higher self okay that can always aid us in this quest right now and when mercury retrograde conjoins jupiter on february 14th it asks us to review our sense of faith about what is the truth this is what's going on in the congress right now in the senate in this trial hearing what's the truth they're reiterating over and over and over again what is a lie and what is the truth, okay? So that has to be dealt with for each of us on an individual level, not particularly uh, for that particular topic of conversation, but others with which we, you know, are engaged and we find important. And um, when the sun enters Pisces a week from today, March 18th, we enter a month where we can now follow our intuitive guidance on all of these, uh, the, the advice that these transits are giving us, um, you know, that I just mentioned. All right, so I talked long and I was hoping to talk short, but now I want to get to my guest. So New York City-based astrologer Joseph Adeo achieved level four certification with the National Ge Council for Geocosmic Research, NCGR, after extensive study with some of the most well-respected astrologers in the New York community. An integral part of the New York City astrological community, Joseph was elected to the board of directors of the New York chapter of NCGR in 2001 
and served on the board through the spring of 2019. A regular guest speaker at NCGR conferences, he's written articles and columns and continues as an ongoing contributor to their astrological magazine, The Ingress. Aside from his thriving practice, uh, sorry, thriving private consultation practice, Joseph begins beginner and advanced astrology classes regularly and lectures for astrological organizations throughout the New York metropolitan area and elsewhere in the country. In addition, he performed for 20 years as a professional operatic tenor, gracing many of the world's stages with his voice during that time. And now I welcome Joseph back to grace us with his voice. How are you, Joseph? <laughs> Hi, Sherry. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> lovely to hear all your, gonna... lovely to hear everything you had to say. I, that's very profound. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to chat earlier. So, um, but I, uh, you know, for those that's okay. It's a the Aquarius uh, new moon is very busy for astrologers. Aquarius is the sign that rules astrology, and I, I'm sure, like you, I'm very uh, I'm sure you're very busy, like I am. So, lots yeah. of t lots of time um, being occupied here. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. So, so first of all, I just want to ask you your take on the Aquarius new moon. Um, you know, if you want to comment on it. Sure. No, uh, I, I think this is a watershed new moon. Um, you know, we have new moons every month, but this is a watershed one. Uh, this is the first time since 1962 that we've had such a pileup of planets. We have one, two, three, four, five, six planets in Aquarius at this new moon. And the last time that happened was in 1962. My brother was born in January of 1962. So I'm very familiar with this. He's got mm -hmm. this alignment. And so, um, so I think it's much more, you know, everybody talks about the, the age of Aquarius. When did the age of Aquarius start? You know, there's really no date to it. It's, you know, right. you, can, you can track lots of things that got us into the age of Aquarius, starting with the revolutions, the French and the American revolutions, and then the um, uh, industrial revolution, and then the invention of radio, and then the invention of television. And then if you look at that Aquarius pileup in 1962, that was like the beginning of the civil rights movement throughout the 60s. So mm -hmm. I think this Aquarius new moon, it's going to play out very personally for everybody, but on a big scale, this is like the another big major introduction that ensconces us and deepens us into the age of Aquarius. So we have the civil rights movement from 1962 being progressively moved forward now. And this is kind of like an opening, a new enlightenment to that with the Black Lives Matter movement, the impeachment of the president, you know, questioning the Constitution, freedom and democracy, revolutions, everything you talked about. This Aquarius new moon, again, you have to say to people all the time, it's not that the day of the new moon necessarily brings a major event. You know, sometimes these dates do, but it's the portal of the energy. Again, it's a it's a, I keep using this expression. It's another it's a watershed moment to introduce us again into the age of Aquarius, the future of uh, digitalization, technology, innovation. And, and that's what this really, really is. So it's very, mm -hmm. very important. Uh, mm -hmm. on a societal level as well as your personal level. Yeah, no, thank you. I agree with you. Um, I've made this comment, I think, on the show before, though I don't expect anyone to remember. Um, as a student of Stephen Forrest, there was uh, um, a lecture I remember during which he talked about 
um, his assumption, which is, you know, unprovable. He uses that line, how do you know when your kittens turned into a cat, you know? So <laughs> exactly when the age of Aquarius starts, we don't, you know, we can only look at the age of Pisces by looking back, right? And it's not- Exactly, it crosses over, right? The end of the age of Pisces had a lot to do with, um, the film industry and Hollywood and glamour, right? Silent movies. And then there was a right. the crossover. Into, you know, that was like the end, sort of like saying Pisces is ending. So you had this huge, you know, when it's like, it's like the anoretic degree. It's like uh -huh. the film industry and silent movies and glamour and music. And then you see, and, and it kind of goes back and forth between Aquarian and, and the science and then television and radio, which is much more about the electronic waves. So it's, it's, it always crosses over and you see both, you see both. Well, you well know. One, of the, one of the things that Stephen said was um, the advent of the um, going from the horse and buggy to the automobile to a rocket, a spaceship that put the men on the moon. And I, I always think of my grandfather who was born in 1895 and came to America um, when he was 16. And so in the early 1900s, and that's what he used to say. He used to say, I've lived during the best period of history like ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because I saw mankind go from the horse and buggy to the motor to, to putting a man on the moon. I mean, you know, you think of that generation and their, their um, ability to see that you know to actually have lived it it's amazing right it, it really is amazing and you know it's all you know and this is again like you said living true blue to your nature on a personal level this is about uh you know living your own truth walking to your drummer whether it's a, a different whether it's exiling from the group you belong to or joining new groups everything you said i i adhere to a hundred percent on a personal level with a, with the sign of aquarius again we'll see on the society level everything with the transgender community the lgbtq community um outcasts of society wanting to belong wanting to be yeah. part of the group separate but equal i know that phrase often gets a bad rap but there is something of some truth to that um you know it's it's very important science well, separate but equal was usually used uh um, was usually used against negatively, I, but you're negatively, you're turning but, it around yeah i love that right. you do it's a like, uranium thing yeah exactly thank, yeah perfect thank you yeah it's like a flip the uranium thing of flipping it around and using it for something good because it mm -hmm. generally had a negative connotation I, right yeah. um right. You know, just on a personal level, this new moon is at 23 of Aquarius, and I have a Gemini moon at 23 Gemini. So this is exactly trying my moon. And today I got a phone call from a friend. Aquarius is a sign of friendship. And mm -hmm. my Gemini, Gemini is also a sign of friendship. And we have Mercury retrograde about to conjunct Venus and Jupiter. So Mercury retrograde is actually conjuncting all the benefic planets. And I got a phone call from a friend today on this new moon. And he works in the medical industry, has a high position. And because of certain medical conditions I have. He says, I'm going to get you a shot. They're going to call you in the next two days to schedule an appointment. Oh, wow, that's so great. It was very, so it was very, uh, this is my new moon experience. Very, very, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. very positive. Sometimes Mercury retrograde could be good. Mercury, ret right. Mercury retrograde is not so bad necessarily. I mean, it's bad for, you know, it's a Mercury retrograde, so things can break down. <laughs> like, but, but it's about to conjoin Venus and Jupiter. Who are your, right. friends, from the pe your friends from the past? The benefic souls from the past, your group from, you know, uh, you know, getting good news, getting, you know, contacting old friends from the past. You know, it's not it can have some very lovely effects as Mercury retrograde. I love that. Thank you for that. That's cool.
That's cool. It's funny because I woke up the other day. I don't know if it was too early for the for the you know for for the waxing these waxing aspects, but thinking of a client that I hadn't heard from in a long time just popped into my head, you know, and uh, and then she contacted me like like if I was thinking about her one evening, the next morning I had an email, or if I thought about that morning, the next day, whatever it was, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah and you know, and and her. Um, email, you know, oh, you were always so good at this, that, and the other thing. I want to book, a, you know, another. <laughs> well, yes. So, yeah, old clients yeah. for astrologers, old clients coming back. This is good for, good for making money from old clients, all that stuff. You know, this Mercury retrograde is an interesting one because it squares Mars a lot. It, you know, it squared Mars on January 8th. It's squaring Mars on, on February 10th, yesterday. And it'll square Mars again on March 23rd when it's out of its retrograde and in a new sign. But, you know, so this is fighting for your speech, freedom of speech, fight using fighting words, redirecting your action, recreating new mental insights and new mental patterns, rethinking how you use the Internet and how you use technology. You know, we're in this new age that started on the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, and now this Aquarius energy and the Mercury, the Mercury retrograde is, you know, learning, relearning, repatterning your mind on how to use technology. This is a wonderful time to do that. And with the conjunction to Venus and Jupiter, getting the help you need so that you can set up your home, you can set up your office, you can set up your business uh, in, in ways that can incorporate the new technology so that it comes in and has some form and has a, uh, you know, get it all set up. The Mercury retrograde is great for reorganizing and, and retooling your skill set. But the square to Mars is how do you use your fighting, you know, this happened on the impeachment, right? What are all those senators doing? The square to Mars and Mercury, they're fighting with their words. They're okay. speaking their truth. And, you know, it's, you know, you know, and the square started on January 8th, just two days after the insurrection. So the insurrection was when Mars entered uh, Mars entered um, Taurus. You know, mm -hmm. zero degrees of the fixed signs is so uh, relevant. But then the, the following, but the Mercury square Mars was right with that. So you know the the yell, you know. So now that insurrection well, there, and now on this the second hit, we're having the impeachment, which is are the consequences of that first hit. Exactly, and I've been glued to it because I'm a ninth house sun, and one of the things you you hit the nail right on the head. What they're doing, because they're in like day three now of the um, the House impeachment managers making their case before uh, the other side makes its case saying, you know, that, that they're innocent uh, or their client is innocent, is repeating over and over and over and over again many of the same words and phrases and chants, et cetera, that were, um, that were screamed or said right. or threatened during the actual insurrection. Um, so it's interesting because they're giving everybody the opportunity to look back again. You know? Exactly. It's also exactly. triggering trauma, and Aquarius can be a trauma. Oh my God! You know? Aquarius can be, yeah. you know, a sign of craziness, and that, you know, that brings me to the point of something you, we mentioned. We were talking. We were going to. We we're going to talk about with the Saturn Uranus square. Because Aquarius has so much to do with craziness, like the crazy old man, the crazy woman with 20 cats, you know, it's not, it, it's 2021 presents us with a Saturn having to deal with reigning in the chaotic craziness of Uranus because of the square. So the square, this is where Saturn is going to have, where he, he plays a good part. 
you know, he always gets a bad rap, but he's in a sign of his dignity and he's squaring Uranus. So it's uh, it's Saturn's responsible here for reigning in Uranus's craziness so that society can incorporate the new innovative, progressive, and technological into some sane form of earthly manageability. The square signifies that the new and the innovative will meet up with blocks, frustrations, limitations, and restrictions. And how is it assimilated? And Saturn is responsible for assimilating the alien foreign nature of Uranus into some kind of earthly structure so that people can deal with it in, with new laws and new regulations. It's yep. so he plays a very good role of bringing structure and cohesiveness to chaos, um, to the technology. Otherwise, we short circuit. You know, in mythology, Saturn and Uranus it has a, have a very violent, violent imagery. Um, you know, Uranus mated with Gaia and produced the first rate of Titans, um, and Saturn was the youngest of those. And, right. and Uranus viewed that progeny with horror. And so he banished them to Tartarus down in hell. They were ugly. They were made of flesh. And he thought they were disgusting. And Gaia naturally became enraged and planned revenge. And she recruited her youngest son, Saturn, with, and gave him a scythe and a sickle. And, and she said, I want revenge. And while Uranus laid asleep, Saturn castrated his father. Mm -hmm. And when he castrated him, this is Saturn Uranus. We got the square here in the sky. The, the bleeding genitals fell into the sea. And out of those bleeding genitals, what happened? The white foam came out and Aphrodite was born, Venus, love and beauty. So what the story teaches us and what this teaches us in the sky and what's happening now is out of chaos comes creativity. It's mm -hmm. the symbol of the procreative powers of the sky god. So Saturn, it's, it's our responsibility to create to create some kind of uh, beauty and some kind of new form out of the uh, these new th crazy things. And Saturn has to bring this into some kind of vessel, some kind of container to contain it. And it's we're lucky that he's in his sign of his dignity because it's going to be ruled by, you know, Saturn and Aquarius. It's, he rules Aquarius, but also Uranus is the modern ruler. So we have to incorporate the new values that Uranus is bringing in, the right. progressiveness. And, and without Saturn giving us new laws and regulations, Uranus can go crazy. Uranus can go, and it would short circuit people and it would electrify them. And you know, that's, that's when people like kind of check out because right. they can't get the energy into their bodies. And it's yeah, or PTSD. It's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. With dissociation. I love that. Thank you for recounting the whole myth. Um, the, um, what I've said before, I think on this show, but again, I'm not sure. Um, is I think this year that a lot of the internet will start to become regulated. And mm -hmm. that's the reasons why right now, you know, at least in the U.S., we're in this crisis. I mean, it, in Myanmar, right, they had a military takeover, and the first thing the military do was shut down the internet. They did uh, it also, I think, or they tried to do it last year when Saturn first went ahead into Aquarius before he backtracked and then didn't go back in until the end of 2020. They did that or tried to do it in Hong Kong, I think. Ah, uh, uh, interesting. So, you know, the restriction around, it's it's almost like though that was the bellwether. I always call it the shot across the bow, right? The things that start to happen give us a foreshadow of what, you know, so the internet needs to be regulated. I think any reasonable person would probably exactly. be. And right. that's where I was alluding to this this um, conflict between how much are we 
accorded individual rights versus how much should our rights be curtailed for the betterment of society as a whole. Well, right, you can't just yell fire in the theater. That's, you exactly. know, that's the whole talk that's going on. You know, you know, Uranus is the first planet beyond Saturn. So he hearkens and says there's light out there that provides further enlightenment and knowledge. And he wants to break through that ceiling in the walls of Saturn. And he likes yep. to crash into that ceiling to capture attention. And Saturn in Aquarius says, I'm willing to allow that enlightenment, but you have to let it in according to the dictates of time and the material world. I will not permit you to crash into the psyche of mankind and short circuit my children. There are flashes of brilliance coming through the dark from beyond, and you have to make sure that your wiring, this is where everybody has to make sure that their inner wiring and hard drive is up to date and ready to receive the voltage. Otherwise, you can check out. There's a new voltage coming in. So it's like funny. Going to a, it's like going to a European country and you have to have new volt, right? This is the right, Saturn's right, for right. Uranus. It's so funny because this past week I went, Damn, you know, I've been putting off, I, 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 I have a Lenovo yoga um, notebook and I've had it for three years and I was like- oh, I actually, have a Lenovo too. <laughs> I loved it. I have, I, actually, I got it in 2017 this time of year. I think it was March or whatever. And now I'm like, I've been putting off having to replace the battery because I just assumed it's going to cost me like 350 bucks. So I go on Amazon and I go, it costs $55. Then I go, even if it's going to cost me another 100 or 150 or whatever to get it actually replaced. But then I asked a friend, and he's like, yeah, I could probably replace it. But I'm like, oh, my God, it would cost me like, like yeah. 60 bucks. You know, there's so much we could talk about here. I wish we had more time. I have so much I want to say, and I can't. But I just quickly want to say that, you know, the Saturn Uranus score, too, is the rollout of the vaccine and the slowness of it and how yeah. to get the group massive, how to get the group to take the vaccine and some people won't want it. So the Saturn Uranus square is gonna really play out with this vaccine, with new currency gaining traction like Dogecoin and Bitcoin. Right. I just saw all these things happening. And music, I just heard it here in New York that the Saturn square, you know, Uranus rules groups of people, sat in music and sports arenas are gonna to start to slowly open in New York. So this is a very slow I saw that opening too. of energies here. I saw you know, also that I believe it was the NFL, and this was a few days ago or maybe last week, pledged that they would make all of the um, stadiums available for uh, as injection sites. Yes, right. So you can see how Saturn, the square Uranus here is doing the work to get the humanitarian effort in a group, a massive group consciousness going. It's a, but it's a square. It's a lot of hard work. Right. You know? Well, I just um, realized I'm going to have you back on at the second square. So go check your calendar. But meanwhile, <laughs> great. we have... Um, well, I love talking to you. You know that. Um, and you're so right on the money. I love that. Um, oh, thank you. I feel uh, the same way. Yeah, no thanks necessary. It is what it is, darling. <laughs> um, we have about 10 minutes left or a little bit less because I want to give you time to give out your contact information. Do you think you could go really briefly just through the sure. houses to give people For a really quick idea, a sentence or two? Uh, right, about the houses where Mercury retrograde is where and henceforth Mercury's all, all the Aquarius the energy conglomeration is. of Aquarius energy as Saturn starts to square, you know, Uranus. Yes, yeah, definitely. Let me start do that really quickly. It will be very quick, but I'll try to make all the um, points here. So we'll start with, because my computer's bringing up the sign of Gemini first. So with Gemini... Gemini's all the Aquarius energy and the Saturn, Mercury retrograde and the Aquarius energy is piled up in the ninth house. So for, for Gemini's, it's learning on the identity level. This is the ninth house is about 
of foreign affairs, people, countries, religion, um, philosophy, education, re-educating yourself. Um, if if travel's starting to open up, this is going to be tricky with COVID. This the Gemini's are going to want to really start to get out. This is mm -hmm. where this energy is going to really get out. But this would be education primarily in the ninth house, higher education, um, mm -hmm. and trying to find some sense of freedom through the internet while well, that Aquarius energy. Um, the sign, um, rethink your philosophies in life. Really, that's what I would say to Gemini. It's time to rethink your philosophies in life. Mm -hmm. uh, with um, cancer, all the energy goes into the eighth house. Death, transformation, sex, um, inheritance, all the dark things in life, trust, passion. Uh, this is about emotional and soul security re-communicating with your lover about um, literally sexual matters, um, experimenting sexually, uh, financial dealings, how to reinvent yourself financially, uh, speaking to your uh, financial person in the eighth house, anything, a psychology, this is the, this is the house of therapy. Uh, mm -hmm. This would be great to go back to therapy uh, and anything that's bringing up any kind of issues there. Um, for for the sign of Leo, it's all about relationships. It's all in the seventh house, reconnecting with old lovers, reconnecting with spouses. If you're if you're dealing with childhood issues, I this would be a very Leo thing here. Uh, reconnecting with your spouse about how to raise our children. Uh, if if there's been a divorce, this would be about divorce. This would be about divorcing and separations in marriage issues or partnership issues or business issues with a close partner because Aquarius is a sign of divorce and separation. If we're not on the same page, if we're not in, on an equal partnership here, then we have to go our separate way. So there's going to be a lot of questioning about the relate main relationship in your life uh, for Leo. For Virgo, it goes in the house of health. Uh, and Virgo is a health sign. Uh, but the Aquarius energy, Aquarius is their sixth house. So it's all about health, pets, uh, a new job. The sixth house is my desk. So if you're some, if you, everybody's working from home, so for Virgo in particular, if you're working from home, reorgan the Mercury retrograde, reorganizing my desk, reorganizing my skills, getting the home electrified, getting the home wired, uh, maybe looking for a new job, um, seeing where, where, retooling my skills. Uh, so that when Mercury goes direct, I, I can, you know, go back into the marketplace. You know, everybody's everybody is retooling their skills. But for Virgo in particular, this would be a very good thing about job work, but health issues, health matters um, mm -hmm. for Libra, all the Aquarius energies in the fifth house of joy, love, romance. Now, how do you do romance in the time of covid and dating on the Internet? It's Aquarius energy. Uh, if you don't, you know, this would be, you know, as things start to open up, as things start to slowly open up here, you know, using the apps to connect to people, even if you don't want to romance and have dates and sex with them. But this would be the group energy on, of looking for love and romance um, and connection on the apps and chat groups and talking. Uh, this would have a lot of energy around children if you have children. This would have a lot of energy around the arts and creative self-expression if you're in the artistic community. If you have habits, if you have hobbies, this would be re, um, reconnecting to old hobbies you have or new hobbies that you want to develop. This would be all for Libra again. For mm -hmm. um, Scorpio, my mother, my father, <laughs> my home. Are they dying? Do I want to kill they? them? My family, it's all the fourth house. 
uh, reconnecting with the past, reconnecting from the dead of the past. If this would be an ill parent having to take care of anything around home and family. If I'm in lockdown, I, I feel like I want to scream. I want to murder people. I want to break free from lockdown. How do I break free from this lockdown while I have to stay in lockdown? So how do I, you know, this is a r kind of rough energy for Scorpios. Um, but uh, the nurturing side of Scorpio can, can come up here, the loyalty to my to my friends and my family and nurturing and caring for them. That would be the very positive side of this. And reconnecting again, this is the fourth house and Mercury's retrograde here and all the Aquarius energy, the past, history, any kind of professions you are in that recall, re, uh, require research and history, this would be very good for. For um, Sagittarius, everything goes in the third house, communication. Talking, education, the ABCs. If you work in education, uh, this would be making sure all the Zoom is up, up in effect. If this would be taking, uh, Sagittarius should be taking classes. Sagittarius is a sign that likes its freedom, that likes wide open spaces. It's hard to have wide open spaces in COVID. So uh, you have to, this would be connecting on Zoom classes with uh, people of a like mind. Um, this would, uh, if as things open up, this would be uh, walking in your local neighborhood. I, I might not be able to travel far and wide, but at least I can go to the local neighborhood. I can go to the butcher. I can go to the grocer. I could, I can connect with people in the local neighborhood, which would keep my sanity and my brain active. Uh, right. Writing, if you write, this would be great for Sagittarius. Yeah. Joseph, we have only a couple minutes left. So I know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no, 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 it's not your fault. It's mine. I'm the moderator. So I'm going to apologize to you. Um, it's probably because I talked so damn long in the beginning. <laughs> but, um, but I will have you back. I, I'm just going to recommend to everyone that, that they follow you because your stuff is really brilliant. But we, we may have time for another sign. But what I just want to well, say. Well, Capricorn is all about money. So go to money, talent, self-worth. So for Capricorn, you know, I'm getting these signs a little short shrift. For Aquarius, it's all about a new image. It's all the first house, a new image, uh, uh, how I look, how I feel, uh, so making new beginnings, a new birth for Aquarius. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and for, um, for Pisces, oh, it's all about spirituality. I know this is the side of spirituality, but it's all happening in the 12th house. Compassion, love, um, humanitarianism helping other people. It, it really doubles down for Pisces, this Aquarius new moon and the Mercury retrograde. It really doubles down. The Pisces just need to be careful not to keep themselves even further imprisoned with this energy. Instead of wallowing in, in pity and, and being in prison, just use it to help other people and do some service for other people. That It's really the Pisces stuff. And for um, Aries, uh, it's all about friendship, groups, large organization, politics. And for Taurus, it's all about their career and mm. making money. Okay. That's real quick. <laughs> That's just yeah. The last no, thing. thank real you. I appreciate it. And I again, I apologize. Um, no, I, I like okay. I like I liked our chat so much. I didn't want to just go to that question first, you know, because I did I I did know you had valuable stuff to say about Saturn square Uranus, and I think that was really 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 valuable. So um, you know, I thank you, and You're I welcome. apologize for for putting you under any undue pressure. Um, so can you give everybody your um, contact information? Sure, sure. Um, you can contact, you yeah. My website, uh, check out my website. It's www.josephadeo.com, my full name, J-O-S-E-P-H-A-D-D-E-O.com. Lots of information there about what I do and I blog. You can also see my blog. I blog often on Facebook, and my Facebook page is Joseph Adeo Astrologer. So please check me out on there. 
And my email is Joe Adeo, J-O-E-A-D-D-E-O at yahoo.com to contact me for an appointment or ask me a question. So those are the three best places, either email, my website, or Facebook. And um, I hope and follow me because I love to write and I like to hear what everybody has to say. Yeah, he's great. I'm a huge fan of Joe. So I highly, highly, highly recommend following him or signing up. You have an email distribution too or no? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah to yeah, sign definitely. up for his newsletters or, you know, not make sure you don't miss it. Um, and he'll be back. I promise. With God as my witness, <laughs> Joe will be back. Thank so, you. Uh, I always love speaking with you, Sherry. Thank you for having me. Yeah, same here. Same here. Thanks, Joe. And thanks to everyone else for joining us today. I hope you've all found the information presented here helpful as you continue your karmic evolution in this lifetime. Please be sure to join me next week on February 18th for another episode of Karmic Evolutions, Astrologically Speaking, when I'll welcome back professional astrologer Diane Lawson. Till then, may your journey be filled with karmic healing and the joy of greater consciousness. Namaste. Long ago, before this day's confusion did begin, throughout the stars did we go wandering. Distance was no barrier, and time it had no hope. Free to come and free to go. Free to come and free to go. Open up the book, the book of stars. Open up the book. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.